1: Welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. We're two sisters on a mission to entertain and educate by learning from women who live a purpose-driven life.
0: Be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. Today we have former bachelorette Michelle Young with us. Michelle, thank you so much for being here.
2: Hello,
1: I'm so excited to be talking with y'all today. Yeah, so today we really wanted to touch on confidence because that's the thing, that's a tool that we all kind of have to work and build and strengthen throughout our whole life, Um, starting as a young girl. So Teddy and I were wondering, um, I know you were big into sports, um, building your own physical strength, but how was your confidence when you were growing up? My
2: confidence growing up i was very lucky to grow up just in a very supportive family and so i had parents who really invested so much of their time in me and my siblings during weekends whether it was sports activities they were constantly there and they were the parents that knew when to push and knew when to pull back and like provide love and so i think that's really where my confidence came from is that during like difficult times or when I feel that something, um, my parents were there always supporting me, like giving me that pep talk. That's something that I really, really vividly remember. And I also was just wanting to be like the best at whatever sport I was in. And I was super competitive, too competitive. I learned that at times. And it, it was really though just, wanting to make sure that I was giving like my best effort. And that's what was always preached throughout my household. And so if you're doing that, then you can feel good about what you're doing. And when you're feeling good about what you're doing, you're confident. And mm-hmm. so I think that's kind of where it started.
0: What did a pep talk sound like from your parents?
2: Oh, depending on what era we were in, like what phase we like, were in, really right? Love-
0: 13, 14, 15. Because I was going
2: to say, there's some of the pep talks might have been more (laughs) like lectures. Um, (laughs) But it was really, my parents are so good about knowing what makes my siblings and I us. Mm. Like what makes us special? What characteristics um, that really truly make us ourselves? And that's what they amplified. And so with me, that pep talk was really about my work ethic. Um, it was about I was really hard on myself if I failed at something um, and, and really lifting me back up. Kind of always proving that everything is going to be okay, that it's going to work itself out or that I'm going to be able to work through it and that I have this support system to do that. And so depending on whatever it was sports, whether it was you know, things with friends, it was just other going, things going on in your personal life, puberty, right, the whole world right. is ending, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, it's they just, going on. yeah, they, they just were able to be realistic mm-hmm. in their pep talks. so it wasn't like this over-the-top, intense, energetic, like, everything's going to be okay, don't ever worry about it, it was very realistic about, okay, what can I do to support you right now emotionally? And then what can we like logically do and fix and change right now? And how do we like get ourselves out of this rut? And so that's, that's what I remember kind of from the pep talks.
0: That's awesome. Did you, do you feel like you brought that into the classroom when you were teaching? Is that how you handled girls? And like, did you notice something that the whole reason the Girl Powerful was spawned from us is I was a teacher and working into school and all I would deal with was the social and emotional health of the girls. After recess, yeah. all that free time, they'd come in complaining, remembering these stories from five years ago about she did this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No one can let it go. How did did you bring like how your parents handled your life and communicating openly with you into how you taught?
2: Yeah, I think it was a combination of my parents and it was also a combination of having, um, I had like two really, really good basketball coaches mm-hmm. growing up before I got to college that I, I, I had coaches that were like, build, like, break you down, build you up you know, water is for the weak. I had coaches oh. like that, <laughs> right? That's
0: scary. <laughs> I would have quit that right? day. That would have been yeah. Teddy. De- is over.
2: You know, that, is over. like Coach Carter stuff, right? Like there's, yeah. there's some things that are like that. And, and I get it. They're trying to build this intense work ethic, this mental toughness. But I really did have such a great set of coaches that knew when to push, knew what tough love looked like. And so as I navigated into the classroom, especially with, Um, my my minority students, there's a lot that they come into the classroom with um, the students that I was dealing with. And I'm a huge, like you said, huge part with social emotional, you can't learn, you can't even take steps forward if that social emotional piece isn't on point. So that's what you have to take care of first. And for me, it was really, you know, the world is a really scary place. And it doesn't take excuses. It doesn't matter where you came from. Nobody's going to, you know, you can have a story from where you came from and you want people to understand that story. But at the same time, as far as like being successful, being just able to survive and get where you need to be in the real world, you have to figure out how to get the tools to get yourself out of that. And so that's kind of the mindset that I came in with is with these students, understanding their story, understanding their triggers, understanding where they came from but also really showing them what a work ethic, like a strong work ethic looks like. I was very tough on my students mm. and like we would go head to head, but at the same time, we would make steps forward with tough love. And then there's times where I pulled back and they needed someone to listen to. So it's like my mom, my mom did that. Is My mom always was like um, one of those parents of, in your life, you're going to get caught up in sticky situations. And regardless of what the situation is, you can always
1: come to me. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things. But sometimes life gets you down, and you may feel overwhelmed or stressed, or you're just not showing up the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of yourself because they help you feel empowered, and you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at your way. I personally love learning how to manage my emotions how to have positive coping skills and set boundaries, and continue to develop my skill set for the rest of my life. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com/girlpower today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com. H-E-L-P dot com slash girl power. I'm not gonna
2: be mad. You can come to me. That was my students. That's the relationship I set with my students is I had high expectations of how you handle yourself as a person, what a good person looks like, and you know how to establish getting good grades, what you need to do, how to handle certain situations, how to communicate that social emotional like learning tools. Yeah. Um, but then also if you mess up, I'm still gonna be here. I'm not taking off, I'm not leaving. Um, and I don't hold grudges. We, we hash it out. That's a big deal.
0: That's a big deal. Yeah,
2: Instant. As a teacher, honestly, in relationships in general, any relationships that you're going to have in your life, it's not like instant forgiveness in the sense of I forgive you. And everything's like perfectly back to normal all the time with adults, but like with children, it's really important that I think that you don't hold grudges and, You hash out, you have those conversations, you figure out how you're going to move forward. And then when you move forward, you move forward. And so when a kid messes up and they would come back and enter the room, they enter the room with open arms from me and from the classmates. They're accepted back in. They're not shunned. They're not ignored. It's not this passive aggressive energy. It's like, no, we're here for you because we have high expectations. We want you to do the correct thing. But when you mess up and you come back, it's like, okay, reset. We're moving forward. We're not dwelling on it and yeah. they're more likely to do the right thing it's yeah, yeah. It's it sounds
0: like you it sounds like you had a pretty strong like basis of self-care and self-love and like openness to be able to hold the space for the kids because I worked in a school and sometimes adults would like take things out on their kids or they're having a bad day and you know they'd be more snippy or whatever they they just, this one little boy would just drive him so crazy that they yeah. couldn't let it go. So like, do you have any tips for teachers on how to like find that neutrality in the mind and the heart to be like, there are babies.
2: Here's the <laughs> thing with this. Okay. I want to be careful. Like, as they like talk through this, but it doesn't mean that you don't have that fire burning in your chest. Like they're, mm-hmm. they piss you off. Mm-hmm. Like They truly piss you <laughs> off. Right. <laughs> But yes, as they an do. adult, they do. And yeah. as an adult, and as a teacher, especially when you have that strong relationship established with those students, you have to figure out as an adult how to move through that so that they can move through that as well. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, you'd hope that you have like those social emotional um, skills yourself, <laughs> yeah. right? It might mean stepping yeah. in the hallway yourself to take a deep breath. It might mean like. Right, mm-hmm. taking taking a moment to breathe, and that's why with like teachers, it's really important self self care, balance outside the classroom, and and those things as well. But it's really just taking a step back from the situation and understanding that it's not personal. Yeah, yeah. These people personally to terrorize you. And, <laughs> right, like <laughs> that's not life. My life. Not, right. Not the young ones, anyways, but. <laughs> essentially it's the environment that they're coming from yeah and it's kind of your job to support them and then it's also the education system and your administrators, administrative system and school system to support you right so it's like it should be coming from the top down
1: yeah for sure teddy and i used to always debrief after we'd have a class and we'd be like okay <laughs> like this happened this happened this was said but it was like you kind of have to like in your own way I guess that was my way of processing what had happened that day is just like debriefing and like coming down so the next day isn't like a whole repeat of what just happened
2: yeah and it's not I mean there's a reason why I'm taking a year off (laughs) like (laughs) there's a reason right it's not this easy concept at all. It's mm-hmm. really difficult honestly because it's like you don't always bounce back especially when you go through the school year. You get burnt out, you get exhausted and you can process through those things. And mm-hmm. did you guys do like what was your that was your biggest way of decompressing after the school day? Would you guys like talk to each other? Was it you listen to like oh. a radio station on the way home? The working show out. working out.
0: working Every. out. Working out. We like to in in LA. It's fun to work out. You know how it's like a community and kind of like fun to show up and take a picture of berries. Like it was like you felt like an so adult, true. and yeah. then you go in the classroom and you're like, I'm six years old, and I'm <laughs> their leader. You know, yeah. And then there were really awesome parents that would like you know give you bottles of wine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> those were the okay. Can we like Those were the smart ones. That yeah. Yeah, I remember there was this one year that I was teaching, it was like my second year of teaching, and I got this bottle of wine during, it wasn't even teacher appreciation week, it was actually like fairly early throughout the year, and it said um, something like, here's a bottle of wine because I know my child is the reason that you drink, yeah. like, it was like something like that, <laughs> and like this parent didn't even know that I would, that I drank, actually at the time, I didn't start drinking until I was like 24, older, mm-hmm. so I was, hadn't even <laughs> yeah. like didn't drink wine or anything like that but it was just really funny parents yeah
1: yeah.
2: I appreciate those parents you know that get it I get it yeah
0: any kind of gift any kind of thank you from a parent meant so much even just a a note you know just some acknowledgement of like what we do for their kids all day and keeping them protected you know and helping them grow I mean once one day when I'm a parent I'll be so grateful for my teachers my kids teachers
2: Oh my gosh! Just yeah, the things that they deal with and that you just you hand them off for the entire day.
0: Yeah, yeah. Along and with you all don't these other get little... any money? You have no money. <laughs> <laughs> <So Yeah>. Like <laughs> we're poor. <laughs> yeah, we're poor. <laughs>
2: uh, it's crazy. It's hey, no <laughs> so one's like you know, I to <laughs> <afford> it. <laughs> Are you
0: actually gonna go back to the classroom? What if your career and it will blow up? Like it's maybe It's
2: a maybe. Here's the thing. You don't get into teaching for the paycheck. You get into it sure. for the passion. Sure. And that passion doesn't just like abruptly like switch go away when it's like your true passion. And so I think that's where I'm at right now is I'm figuring out what pieces from teaching can I take into my life now so that I'm fulfilled? Mm-hmm. Because I want to make a difference. I want to make a huge difference. I want to work with different teachers just the school system in general, and making the changes so that teachers are taking care Perfect. of so we can get the help and the funding for our students that truly need it. Yes, right. And unfortunately, the change should come or happen. Be able to, like, all parts of change should be able to happen within the classroom if we just listen to teachers. If we just supplied them, if we if we gave them the support that they needed to, so that they could support the kids. If we gave the kids support, we could go on for days, right, about everything that needs to happen. Unfortunately all the changes for the education system need to happen outside the classroom Mm -hmm. and so that's what I'm really kind of focusing on right now do I miss the classroom yeah I wake up every single morning and I miss it truly I truly miss it and so I'm kind of figuring out how do I get myself in a classroom here and there where I'm speaking where I'm working with kids so that I'm fulfilled in that aspect where I also kind of still put together the puzzle pieces um, of how to make like a bigger change outside the classroom. If
1: that makes sense. Well, you're so inspirational. Like, even just like one of your posts that I was reading the other day. So at Girl Powerful, we're huge on positive affirmation and positive self-talk. Yeah. Which, you know, sometimes it's kind of like you either learn that from your home or you have to learn it the hard way. <laughs> so, like for me, it's like it took me till I was 30 to actually start loving myself. And it was this yeah. whole evolution of basically learning and deep diving into social and emotional learning so um we have a card deck and we do it with the girls and anyone can buy it online but you know there's 64 prompts of affirmations that the girls can pull a card in the morning and like carry it with them throughout the day but i loved your instagram post i'm going to read it it says each morning when we wake up most of us head to the bathroom where we see our reflections in the mirror For me, I tend to see puffy eyes, wild morning hair, and my daily affirmations written in dry erase marker on the mirror. These affirmations allow me to start my morning with reminders of what I value, who I am, and who I challenge myself to be. So I just love that. And I love that you share that with people because it's something so simple, like take this dry erase marker. It's like step one, write down who, like, what do you value? Who are you? What do I want to become? And what do I want to be? Because everything's attainable. And, you know, it's like, we don't wake up perfect too. Like you're acknowledging puffy eyes and wild hair. So, I mean, you've been in the spotlight, like you're under scrutiny. Everyone wants to know what you're doing, who you're dating. How do you stay confident? and Like, how do you stay like up instead of letting it kind of eat you alive?
2: You know, I think the biggest thing that I've noticed is just with being in the spotlight and the people that I interact with is I've always been positive. Like I've always really tried to find the silver lining in every situation, um, even if there really wasn't one. <laughs> Some may call that delusion, but, <laughs> you know. Um, but with with this honestly, like the self-talk is something that has had to really come in play when I was in college. Um, and also now, and the reason why I started writing those affirmations on the mirror is because it wasn't so much of like people speaking about like physical appearance or, you know, there's these just nasty haters who will comment on what you look like, everything on the outside, but the people who would comment, you know, things about character, um, who, right, like in this pivotal moment where I'm moving from teaching to what I'm doing now. And I'm a big, I like to show people what I've been doing once I get there, Mm -hmm. and not talk and talk and talk and talk, and then have nothing to show. And so I've really been kind of quiet about what I've been working on. Um, I can say that on the February 13th, actually, I will say this is is kind of when that's going to come to the surface and people are going to get to see some different things of where I'm headed and what I'll be doing. But I've had to stay very positive with myself, talk towards just like those inner thoughts, because I wasn't ready to showcase things. I wasn't ready to talk about it yet because I was still working on it. And I believe being like that silent workhorse, right? Where it doesn't matter who knows what, like people don't have to know what you're doing 24 seven. You're not just constantly broadcasting everything. You're truly working on yourself. You're working on your goals. And I was really locking down, getting my values in place and where I wanted to spend my time. But during that time, it looks like I'm, you know, moving into the influencing world and giving up teaching. And this is this girl who loved kids and worked with kids and was an inspiration, changed the world. And now she's just advertises beauty project products and does this and goes to these events and that's all she's worth. And so I've had to be so careful with just how I let those thoughts in and really me having the confidence and enough confidence in myself to know where I'm going um, that it doesn't matter what anyone else says. And those affirmations is something that change every single week. And they're kind of like my weekly focus of what I'm working on, um, reminding myself where I'm going, reminding myself to be confident in myself and that it's okay that everyone doesn't know where I'm going.
1: When it comes to hiring, you need to trust your gut. But what if you could give your gut some help? When you want to find top talent fast, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Something I love about Indeed is Instant Match. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to U.S. Indeed data. Indeed knows that when you're growing your own business, you have to make every single dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Indeed knows that finding people with the right skills makes all the difference when you're hiring for a team. Visit indeedcom powerful to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com/girlpowerful. That's Indeed.com/girlpowerful. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Do you need to hire than you need indeed?
2: They don't need to believe in me. I believe in me and shit. They'll see when I get there. Right? <laughs> you know? They'll see when I yeah, get there. Yeah, I'll, I'll wave to you. you. Exactly. But- yeah. And, and I'll wave back. Hey, where you going? Right. It's just, yeah, I, I think um, it's always a work in progress and it's that self-talk. And I read um, Michelle Obama's book, the light we carry and she actually talked about this interaction with this guy she had where every single morning he would walk into the bathroom and he'd be like, Hey buddy in the mirror. And like Mm -hmm. this guy's wife would laugh and just kind of like chuckle because it sounded funny because he was just talking to himself in the mirror every single morning. And it's like, well, why are you talking to yourself? And Michelle starts to talk about how she did it. Like when she got in the mirror, she would talk to herself and the way that it just changed the light that she had with her like throughout the rest of the day because she was her own cheerleader and it was you know when you say it out loud you're either one laughing at yourself you're gonna crack a smile Mm -hmm. um or you're just releasing the fact that it's okay to not be okay and so that's what those affirmations do I read them out loud in the morning um they change constantly in the middle of the day if I'm struggling I'll, I'll have them as my screensaver, um, or I'll go back in and I'll, I'll look at them. But I think when you are constantly putting in self work, it's able to, it's easier to get through those hard moments
1: where you're really not confident. Yeah. I love that you say it out loud. Cause we make the girls say them out loud. Yeah. yeah. Actually, like... I have this
2: one girl do affirmations every morning with me mm-hmm. in the mirror and it, yeah. it works. Well, yeah. we
0: believe that like, if you say it out loud, you can think it and that's super powerful, but like when it comes out of you, like the universe can hear it. God can hear it. Anyone with you can hear it. And I think yeah. that it just magnetizes so big that way. Yeah. What's your yeah. affirmation for the week? Do you mind sharing?
2: Oh gosh. I don't even have them. I don't even have them with me, but I don't have like the specific ones, but my what focus- are your favorites? What's that?
0: What are some of your favorites that really of are really powerful?
2: Yeah. Um one of them is Don't Look Back. Um <laughs> just with there's a lot of things that are happening this week um in Arizona right now for the Super Bowl. There's a lot of just different big events. There's a lot of people here. Um and it's the Don't Look Back is really just you've been there um there's a lot of exciting things coming up, like I said, February 13th. And so there's going to be a lot of uneasy moments at times where like, okay, do I have everything in place? Like, what if I launch this and it completely fails? Or what if I do this and it's not going to work? And it's just the fact that I got to this point, no matter how the week goes, don't look back, like you're on the right path. And that's, that's the biggest focus this week. Yeah. You have to do it. You know, it's not like, oh, well, what if this, what if that it's simply don't look back. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That means I gotta look forward. So I have no other choice,
1: you know, keep it simple. Well, some people like live in the past. Like we find that as we get older, it's like they live a lot of people. Yeah. So that's honestly like a really great thing to say to yourself. Yeah. yeah, I think a, yeah, in the past. even as parents, they say like
2: vicariously live through their children, you know, because they didn't get yeah. to do things that they didn't want to do. Yeah. yeah,
0: and I think like in AA and stuff like that too, people live in the past, and that's when you know you you need some healing when you're constantly talking about how you were, you know, in college or these old fun stories of you and the boys yeah. and like all these like things. You're like, let it go, man. Like, what about? Yeah now and creating these new experiences and opportunities like life's in front of you not behind you
2: right I read shoot I can't even remember what I I do like a lot of reading um and I read this book I can send you guys like the the actual title because I'm blanking on it. it's like living in the now or in the present now something like that but it talks about just people in general a lot of people have trauma. Like I have my own, we all go through these Mm -hmm. difficult things and it's really easy for people to get stuck in their trauma and continue to want to reside there because it's actually familiar. And Mm -hmm. so it's painful. We don't want to move forward because this like depression or whatever, these things that we've experienced and have like become our life. We don't, we're uncomfortable with moving forward because it's, not in the know, like we don't know what that is, and at least we know what this is,
0: right? Even if it's icky and sticky, yeah. and you, you don't like it, but at least yeah. you know that yeah. feeling. Is it The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle?
2: I think it might be. Is like it a like a blue and green cover, like a yeah. blue? Yeah, green yellow cover? Yes, have you read it? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: pretty awesome. But yeah. I kind of want to go reread it or listen to it again. That sounds like a good refresher
2: yeah yeah it's it does a really good job with just combining like whether you're religious or not spiritual there's so many pieces that you can pull apart from that book and take away with everything so yeah highly recommend
0: so now that like your career is changing and shifting your you are changing and shifting like we all are but how do you decide like who's worth your time whether it be dating or (laughs) friendship or career like what are
2: most like okay, I'm laughing so hard because but, this is wow like have you been just... a fly on my wall have you been a fly <laughs> I am, on my... I'm a fly? <laughs> <laughs> clearly I know okay yeah wait yeah did you bug my suitcase or something yeah <laughs> I did I did
0: uh, yeah I'm, get in, my head. I'm, I'm in Arizona too
2: <laughs> okay <laughs> I thought I heard somebody in here yeah. but um no honestly that's been the biggest thing is really what did I read? I read this quote the other day, um, because I've been doing a lot of just moving around with friendships, with who I spend my time with, Mm -hmm. Um, and my small, like, I have a tight-knit friend group, and a few of us just say, like, who's sitting at your family dinner table, and for us, it really just means, like, who are the people that have your back, are there to support you, and are there to support you for, I'm gonna say it for the right reasons. But like really, because especially in the spotlight, there's a lot of people who come into your life. There's a lot of people in general who stay close to you because there's perks or because they want you to fail. Um, And like, who are those people who genuinely have your back whether you're Michelle Young, the bachelorette or you're just Michelle or whoever that is and who are gonna support you in getting to your goals with getting to your goals in like the right way. And so I've had to do like a lot of eliminating. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've really had to, I got hit by this quote that was like, you become the, like the five people you spend the most time with, Mm -hmm. you become like them. And when you look at that, (laughs) you sit down. And if you were to write to like the five people you're the closest with, and if you were to write characteristics about them and what they stand for and how they support you, how they support themselves and, and how they treat other people, that's huge. And if like, you don't like what that looks like, then you readjust. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's really just making sure that the people around me are going to support my goals and not only going to support my goals, but they're going to challenge me to get there. And that's the biggest thing is that like, they don't have to have the same passions as me and they don't have to do all these different things that I might be interested in, but they also have to be able to like fill up my bucket as well. And if you're not getting that from like a friendship or a, a whatever relationship or whatever it is that you're around, it's going to take away. It's either taking away or if it's, I, I believe it's like, what is that quote? Taking away or giving? You're either putting out negative energy or you're either sucking energy or giving energy. Yeah. And so you have people who are gonna suck energy and you have people who are gonna give energy. And like oh. the people I want in my circle are the people who are giving energy.
0: Well, yeah. And that's, I think that comes back to self-confidence too and realizing you're worth that. And, yeah. and then it's time to you know disassociate from some people and things. Yeah. How did you do that though? Are you the kind of eliminator that just kind of put space there communication just fizzles, ghosting or do you say hey we don't really align anymore do you have the guts to say that I think that's like really intense we did a lot of eliminating like when COVID happened and a lot of people were forced to just spend time thinking and we moved a different state and started over really
2: um honestly with my friendships like the friend I take a lot of pride in my friendships Mm -hmm. And so the people who I'm close to, I'm very close to. And so I think with the situations, like I've been in a recent situation where, you know, I had to step away from a friendship and I like have those conversations
1: really. And
2: it's just kind of been the fact that I need to refocus. Like I need to refocus. You know, when you like spend time with somebody and you feel like you got the life sucked out of you or you (laughs) just. not yourself or whatever it is I really look at it as okay I can either continue to to spend my time around this person and get the life sucked out of me or like feel awful or not achieve my goals so that I don't make them feel bad or I can stand my ground it's like you either choose yourself or you lose yourself
0: Ooh, I like
2: that and I yeah. I'm going to choose myself and everybody yeah. should choose themselves and that isn't you know and it's it's, you know, people are like, oh, well, you got to be selfish. It's actually not, it's not selfish. Like you deserve to set your own boundaries. You deserve to be able to put in the energy to achieve your goals. You deserve to be able to work towards being a better person um, and all those different things. And you should be able to do it without feeling bad. And of course course you feel
1: bad. Yeah. You shouldn't have to like prepare emotionally to go spend time with your friend. doesn't matter your profession. It's like, we all work hard. We all hustle our free time should be spent with like loving people who respect yeah. you. Enough. Yeah. And if yeah. it's not more fun, everybody, why is everyone yeah. so damn it's, serious?
2: Yeah. And it's, just, you, know, <laughs> you know, those people where there's just always something wrong.
1: Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You know, you like
2: and you're like, okay, like I'm actually realizing there is always going to be something wrong. I'm you, you attract what you put out. You truly do. Yeah. And so it's, it's not going to change. Sometimes
0: that. do you wonder, cause I have like, how did I even get here with this person? <laughs> like how, like how lost was I for a couple months or whatever it might be? Like, why is this person even in front of me?
2: Um, Honestly, I think I, I can see why you'd feel that way. Yeah. I think I've thought that for like a brief second. And then I realized, well, if you think about it, when you meet people, they don't come off negative right away. Like mm-hmm. nobody's like, let me embrace this negative <laughs> so that they can suck the life out of me, right? No, yeah. basically, everybody puts their best foot forward, mm-hmm. especially when you're making new friendships. And so friendships at first can start off really, really strong. And then as you spend more time and as you get closer, you're gonna have things in life where there's, you know, tragedies happen or you have a really bad day or you go through, you know, really long period where you just really are struggling, but there's also ways, you know, you can kind of also see how those, that person handles those struggles and what they Mm -hmm. put out. And like, are they going to get through that struggle? Or did we just jump from struggle to struggle? And will we always jump from struggle to struggle. And so that's where it's like, it's like, it's not like you get duped, but, but essentially (laughs) everyone puts their best foot forward. They can do that for a certain amount of time, but true colors show or just the real natural defaults always going to come out,
1: yeah, and that's, that's exactly. how you
2: got there, <laughs>
1: yeah, that's how you got yeah. there, you, yeah. you, you, you know, and that's yeah. how
2: you got there. Shit. It kind of sounds like an occasion. I'm like, damn, yeah.
1: it's <laughs> really well. funny though, because Teddy's like a magnet for just like people to want to be around her. So, like, anytime we do a class, or like, we both teach Teddy, teaches yoga, and I teach meditation. So, it's like, after we do a class, it's like everyone gravitates towards Teddy they want to be around her, they want to be in her presence, and then I'm just like, Teddy, you have like a fan club everywhere you go, <laughs> but I'm assuming that's how sometimes you're like,
2: I, I do, here? no, I do, I, I, I love that, and I can I can relate to that, and I mean, I think that there are people who, you know, like just people gravitate towards naturally mm-hmm. and there are going to be people who gravitate towards you because you're a positive person and whether you're they're inspiring not. whether you know and they want to be a part of that and then there's also going to be people who come with that because they're struggling they want to latch on to that but essentially like rely on you to, to get them out of it and that's not fair either because like they had you only you can get yourself out of it and they can get themselves out of it so you know right. it's just really like that's how I I "I am I'm like I don't want any
0: I'm always like no you gotta be a filter you know
2: a filter figure out how to not let them you know weigh on you
1: yeah for sure (laughs) yeah all right (laughs) we did you did give us some quotes but is there a certain quote that you live by every day that's really meaningful to you
2: oh I'm such a big quote person I used to write quotes on like post-it notes and stick them all around my house but I'm trying to think about a favorite. Um, honestly, I would say that I had this quote on my desk, and I'm not gonna say it verbatim because I cannot. It's like, um, it was literally on a post-it note. It came to every classroom I was in. It by the time I got to like my sixth classroom or my sixth year of teaching, it was like some kid had spilled water on it. It was like soggy, ripped, faded, but it was still <laughs> like the pen I wrote it in. So I kept it like that. And it essentially just said that you are going to move into goals or dreams that are two sizes too big Mm -hmm. and like those are the growing pains and that's what you're supposed to do and soon like those growing pains like you grow into it and you fit it and then your job is to move again into something that's two sizes too big and it kind of just goes with the concept of you should always be uncomfortable in like growth, I've not never like, heard that I've I'm never uncomfortable in that. my relationship because like I don't feel safe not like a safety thing but mm-hmm. essentially like in a risk-taking you should always mm-hmm. be uncomfortable with you know whether you, you're gonna have doubts whether you can do something or you can't do something or it's scary and my suggestion is just do it scared like it's okay yeah. to be scared like bravery doesn't mean that you never feel those emotions it's just that you don't let those emotions stop you from what you're working towards and so yeah growing pains and really making sure that I'm uncomfortable and sometimes it's really hard to be uncomfortable constantly
1: yeah but that's so true it's like when we turn 25 like that's not who you are forever no we're allowed to grow we're allowed to evolve and change and I love that that your dreams are
2: like become 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 uncomfortable. yeah yeah
0: when you were when you were in the bachelorette what was your self-talk like there
2: my self-talk was <laughs> almost compartmentalizing. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, it was really just reminding myself what my values and morals were just because when you're in a situation where there's cameras, it's such a large learning curve. It's a reality TV show. It's a, pro- like, it's a production and there are a lot of genuine things. Um, but when I was kind of like navigating as the, through like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, the things that I reminded myself about is if, if it felt wrong, like if something felt wrong in my gut, I always listened. Like Mm -hmm. my gut was never wrong. Like anytime you have that feeling of like something's not right here, your gut's always correct, whether you can like figure out what it is in that time or not. But I reminded myself of that constantly because there are a lot of moments where there's like things that were suggested i'm um, not even like from production but just there's a lot of people who bandwagon jump or they whether it's how people are talking to each other and especially when you're filming something you can say whatever the heck you want and your consequences don't come until a few months later when it airs <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would but stress like, me out. i be in have, trouble like, essentially essentially it's like really having discipline in your thoughts and what you say and Also, it's like your words and what, like someone can suggest something, but nobody can force you to say anything or do anything. Um, And, you know, they can tell you and have boundaries of what you can't talk about, but nobody can push you to specifically talk about something and force you to do that. And so I was just like, it's going to be my face on the screen, It doesn't matter who says it, like I'm going to be the one that would have to take the consequences Mm -hmm. and I have to be comfortable with my actions. And so I never strayed away from like who Michelle was. If I didn't believe in something, I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. I don't care if I had 50 people telling me to do it. If I, if that's not what I believe in, that's not what I believe in. And I, I stood my ground with that very, very much so, so that as this aired and as I'm in the, still in the spotlight now. If I made mistakes, I would come by those mistakes honestly. Mm-hmm. I would have thought them through and I wouldn't have regrets about it. I would just, it would be a mistake, not a regret. Whereas right. if you lose yourself and if you do something that's out of the lines of what Michelle Young is or what Teddy is or what, whatever, who yeah. you are, then that's where you have issues and it. It takes a little bit more work to move past. So just, right. it was all like, okay, would I do this? Does this feel right? Does this make sense? What I I
1: beautifully said, I feel like in a lot of just life experiences, like we can feel forced. Like, my biggest thing that drives me nuts is how so many women say, I'm sorry, you know, or like, oh, Oh they like back down and make themselves weak. It's like, you're sorry about what you're communicating via email, you know, but like, to it's like every experience we have, we could always step back and do what you just said. Be like, who is Sonia? Like, what does she want to portray to, you know, everyone receiving my yeah. message? And that's yeah. a really important thing. So thank it's you. It's so
2: yeah. hard to be unapologetic. Like, and that's hard for, especially even women. I don't even blame women. I think I think yeah. it's society that's created us that way. Yeah. And now we have to unlearn it while society is still like that. Right. And so it's like really bringing it to awareness of like, you don't actually have to be apologetic about, your actions or not wanting to do something or you know what I mean speaking up or whatever people are like the labels people are going to put on you it's like we have to unlearn that even and we want society to unlearn it but they're not going to at the pace that we are right and that's why
0: teachers are important and mentors and coaches and inspiring you know speakers are a big deal
2: yeah yeah that's why
0: people like gravitate and are connected and are like oh me I, I hear you and me, and I see you and me, and I think that that's pretty cool, and that's why there are pros to social media and being able to connect. Like, I mean, I DM'd yeah. you, and here we are. It's so cool, and yeah. thank yeah. you for this. Yeah, uh, we can end every podcast with the question.
1: Wait, what- I have one more quick question oh, throw it before the banger at the end. Okay. Throw it at okay. me. Why You're am nervous? Did you, you know, ever I have my
2: way? <laughs> did Teddy's you ever did pop out of the closet <laughs> pop out of the yeah, room, like, i'm,
0: here. To, I'm know, like we're sitting together at the super bowl michelle I don't right. know, hey, no.
1: <laughs> did you ever get a crush on a camera guy or a producer because you know on the bachelor it's like you're supposed to like him but it's like what if you don't and what if you like someone behind the camera i
2: know that there have been people who have done this but no but- <laughs> I'll
1: say, no, Hard pass. no. Hard pass. I feel like I would- no, wouldn't
2: that be a love story third I turned on like all the 32 guys that were there for a camera- <laughs> cameraman no no I I never had a crush on anybody else um again <laughs> yes they know your personal life and just different things but I was also saw it as like they're at their job. It's like business professional and they just become your friends and family members. I got to know the people behind the cameras so that I could be more natural in front of the cameras. So I I definitely, I definitely was one of the few leads that like when, when cameras were down, I would talk to them. I'd get to know (laughs) them, their families. Like we genuinely had so many fun times. I had a family dinner where we brought all of like the camera crew and producers that were like in my produce production circle um, together because like they really were so important to me um, where I know that there's like not everybody looks behind the camera. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. just curious because I was like oh, I, yeah yeah right. no there's a guy in there.
0: Sonia is interested. Send any cameramen her way. Well, yeah, I know what friend.
2: your type is and I might have a
0: few for you. <laughs> Wait, okay. So you did mention Michelle Obama. Like, is there anyone like with your celebrityness that you have met that you've been in awe of? Obviously, it's probably not Bachelor Nation people pushing beyond that.
2: <laughs> uh, it is, yeah, it is so weird being in this position. I'm really not good at recognizing. Oh, funny. Quote-unquote celebrities unless, you know. I'll say a really cool moment was when I went to like a, a Fenty event and Rihanna walked into her own Fenty wow. launch party and goes oh my god Michelle and it kind of like <laughs> took a second to be like like me you're like,
1: like yeah she so was that was, beautiful women in the world did you yeah so
2: her? that that was that was really cool and and if anything goes with being unapologetically yourself you know That's definitely her. take after her when Anybody asks, like, "Well, okay, who's the next man?" And the Rihanna said it best when she was like, "How I don't like, I'm not looking for no man. Let's start there. Yeah, yeah. like to a T. Amen. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. you're <laughs> like mm, Super Bowl pro athletes. I'm good.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not looking. Honestly, like, <laughs> pro athletes don't Fair really you. have like don't the do it best dating record. No, so do it. you know, I won't. I won't label any one for sure but um yeah you're that's gonna have true. to fit in my course of growth in order to get my time I'll say that yeah <laughs> cool mm-hmm. there
0: are men there are good men out there
2: they yeah. you're yeah,
0: gonna find I'm... a really nice person well thank you
2: yeah yeah <laughs> there's gonna be somewhere they, they've got to be somewhere <laughs> they
0: are they are they're looking for you you're looking for them
2: I'm not looking for them, but they can (laughs) look
1: for me and find me. You're not.
0: I'm looking for you.
1: Oh, perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Okay, Okay. wait. Now, before Teddy gets too creepy, our last question with (laughs) everything What makes you feel the most alive? Cool. What makes me feel the most
2: alive? Why do I think about this frequently? (laughs) Really? Really? I felt extra dead lately and I need to figure that out. Okay. No, what makes me the most alive is being able to travel and being able to put down my phone and laptop and whatever it is, like truly being able to set those things down and whether it's like hiking up to a beautiful waterfall, like when I got to go to Iceland, Mm -hmm. all those different things where you get to like live in the moment and actually like take in the beauty around you. Or if it's like being out on the lake or out on the water, that's what 100% makes me feel like I'm living to a team. You know, because it's, it's like, you're forced to live in the moment. You're fo- in order to enjoy it, you're forced to like actually feel what you're looking at. Yeah. So not through a lens. <laughs> yeah, not through a lens,
0: Lovely you're beautiful you're smart you're awesome i can't wait to watch and cheer for you and february 13th
2: yes february 13th um stay tuned there's going to be a lot of different things that are coming up that you guys will be able to react with engage with um take part in and kind of just what i'm going to be doing moving forward
1: and yeah I'm, i'm excited awesome well we'll all be on the lookout and we'll all be supporting you thank you so much for this empowering conversation michelle
2: yes you guys were so so sweet we'll have to definitely keep in touch um as i move forward as well just for sure
0: thanks
1: to our guest for more information on her see the show notes please hit subscribe if you have not already That way, a new episode is delivered directly to your feed every week.